Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. We're, um, we're trying to um, free ourselves from the grip, maybe, of um, greed, hatred, and uh, delusion, confusion. And, uh, and so the way we do it is very um, particular, very... Uh, almost strange, um, surprising. I would not have thought about this myself, like that way of going about it. And so, as I understand it, is the way we're doing this, um, you know, uh, finding our way out of confusion about things, is by uh, simply becoming, uh, studying, studying the behavior of the different elements of our lives, different aspects of our lives, uh, in real time. And so when I say, say study, it's a particular way of using the word study. It's, uh, it's study in action, on the, on, in the field, on the ground. Um, and so we, uh, we look at um, the very... Um, calmly um, not with preconceived ideas that we already know uh, we uncover discover uh, what's happening in real time in the, and we uh, we deconstruct in a way reality huh? So we uh, say, oh, let's pay attention to breath, to the behavior of breath, to the behavior of, uh, uh, to the experience of the posture, of the elements in the body, huh? the hardness, the softness, the smoothness, the, the fluidity, the rigidity, the heat. And so we... Uh, we pay really close attention to uh, physicality, materiality, uh, senses. So these are elements always happening, studied in the present moment as they are happening. That's the technique here. There's other techniques, other, other approaches. This is the one. And elements of the of our lives, uh, heart, psyche, mind. So what is attention? What are emotions, <coughs> moods, thoughts, perceptions, impressions, sense, beliefs? Uh, all, all this, so that's a, there's a lot of stuff. 
things happening, events, phenomena. That's how it's called. Phenomena. And so the instructions are uh, uh, to notice the uh, ephemeral, unstable, changing, conditional nature of these uh, different aspects. And so noticing, for example, the unstable, changing nature of pleasure, experience of pleasantness. If we study this, we start to see how it's um, shaky. The Buddha used the uh, image of the bubble to talk about pleasure and displeasure. Bubbles, like uh, when it rains, drops of... uh, uh, rain fall into a pond or a little body of water, and when the drop falls, it creates a little bubble, little bubbles, or bubbles in sparkling water, or champagne. How they pop, they're, they're ephemeral. So the Buddha says, oh, it would be beneficial for you to kind of isolate this in your experience, become really aware of it as it's happening, and you'll notice, you know, pleasant sound is followed by a neutral silent, is followed by an unpleasant sound, is followed by a pleasant thought, followed by an unpleasant emotion, followed by a neutral in-breath. And you'll notice how how it's uh, changing. Even the sitting here maybe feels uh, quite pleasant for a few seconds. And as Jill was saying, a few minutes later, then it's not that pleasant anymore. And so if I go back to the idea of uh, freeing ourselves, liberating our minds and hearts from uh, greed, hatred and confusion. This is exactly what's happening as we're paying close quality attention to the elements of our lives. We'll see them uh, fluctuate, be effervescent, flickering. Unstable is one word that is used. And so it's going to become really hard to get totally hooked into I want this at all costs and when I have this all my problems will be solved. Solved. When we pay attention, greed is released because we know it's a little bit more unstable than that. Less reliable. And so our well-being is not in having anymore. It's in the way we encounter the relationship, how we hold, how we meet an unstable life, world, experience. It's hard also to get uh, to hate stuff because we deeply understand that it's conditional. If it's there, it's because the conditions were right for it to be there. So what do we do now? We see how we can maybe influence the conditions. 
And slowly, this is the uh, falling away of the confusion about things. And so that's the technique. That's the art, the science, of being uh, aware of what's presently arising, presently passing, what's absent and present. The Buddha compared our body to um, foam by the side of the ocean with each wave changing form. And so he's inviting us, it seems, to notice the effervescent, lava-lampish nature of the body so that we can lose that confusion, that delusion that it's my body as a solid, permanent thing that I fear losing. I'm invited to discover that it's a river of sensations. Having its own life, producing heat, releasing it, radiating heat, tingling, pressing natural events. Expansions and contractions. Vibrating with sounds. The Buddha compared uh, our thoughts and emotions to the banana tree trunk. Strange image, funny image. He said, if you're looking for hardwood, seeing a banana tree, you might think, oh, big leaves, big fruits, big flowers, must have really good hardwood in there cutting the banana tree, you'll find nothing in its center. Our emotions, our thoughts, seem so solid, so real, so true. And if we do slow down and really investigate, study, become really aware of the behavior and the nature of thoughts and emotions. We'll see there, not things, more events, formations, ephemeral formations, unlooked at, met with superficial attention, They seem powerful, overpowering, 
solid. And on a deeper look, maybe something else will be revealed. Their mirage-like nature is also an image used by the Buddha. They are magic show nature, also an image used by the Buddha. This life that we're fascinated by, obsessed by, that timeline, that storyline, flash of lightning in a summer cloud, a star at dawn, images used by the Buddha. Where is that life? All that life gone. All these events, all these years and decades, non-existent. might have the impression that everything is ephemeral around me, or even in me, I might clarify this, everything in me is passing through, is more of a, more impressions, appearances. Buddha seems to push it, push the investigation a little further, even saying this me that you keep referring to, that is the your ultimate measuring unit. Everything seen through me, compared to me, etc. What is this me? Let's also look at this, unpack this. Oh, passing elements of sensations, river-like, passing emotions, mirage-like, moments of knowing, ephemeral. Where's the moment of knowing that you are closing the door of your bedroom? That moment of knowing gone. And this moment of knowing, gone. Now this one. So another thing that maybe is not a thing, me, more a river of knowing.
And on a closer look, we might discover that knowing is happening spontaneously of its own accord or naturally. I could take ownership of this, appropriate this, colonize that. Maybe if uh, I'm able to dive under assumptions and with a quiet mind discover knowing I might discover it belongs to nature that could temporarily give rise to fear where am I then it could also bring deep deep ease might release a sense of isolation or fear of the future. Just life happening. Lava lampish, river like. Heart released. This is how the path is described, the sure heart's release. Joy freed. Care radiating naturally. deepest peace coming from an understanding of ephemerality. So as you sit here, see if you can allow different elements of life to exist, appear, in their subtle form, in their gross form, intense form, charged form, light form, sounds and thoughts and emotions. See if they can be allowed to do what they do, to manifest, without any claiming, owning, 
releasing ownership, giving back to life what belongs to life. See if there can be some buoyancy of heart, some light heartedness as phenomena moves through dense or spacious, tingling, oppressing. Not taking anything to be me or mine. Not even the knowing or mindfulness or attention, the awareness. Even the clinging that might happen, another phenomena, holding, clinging, resisting, pushing away energies, formations, empty at the core.
you find uh, the mind in some kind of tangle, just become aware of tangle, tangled mind. And realize that even if it feels heavy, or serious, or true, that there might be some lightness to this, some ephemerality, mirage-like, that appears like this right now appears extremely serious, important. Could there be a hidden lightness? Is it possible to release ownership from these movements of mind? Allow them without uh, owning them, defining oneself by them, events happening. Empty phenomenon rolling on.
for just a few moments more here, uh, practicing the whole of the practice uh, in this uh, acronym, not, not acronym, but these letters here, KCKC. KC, KC, keep calmly knowing change. Keep continuity of uh, practice calmly, equanimity, non reactivity. Keep calmly knowing the awareness, mindfulness. Keep calmly knowing change, effervescence, dynamism, flickering nature of experience, fluctuations. Keep calmly and carefully, compassionately knowing change. KCCKC, keep com- calmly and compas- compassionately knowing change. KCJKC, <laughs> keep calmly and joyfully knowing change. Any questions 
about uh, the practice this uh, morning. Objections or nuances, things that have not been named. So the question is about, um, you know, yeah, things pass by, or the comment, uh, things pass by, you know, but sometimes some ideas uh, pass by and they might be useful. So what do I do with this in this practical world? Now we're in the laboratory here. So we have a special way of uh, being interested in life. You know, we're actually deconstructing a little bit our reality. So it's, it's not exactly life. It, it is happening very much, but we are interested it, in it in a particular way. We retreat from our life to... Uh, so, of course, I can come here and I'll have an idea. Oh, I need to call this person, a, you know, and I can go there. That's that's a, that's an absolute choice. But for me, I like to remind myself, oh, Pascal, you're actually... You're, this is different here. You're doing a particular exploration of the nature of reality. So I don't want to. I want to have clarity, discernment about what is what, you know. And so for sure, I can spend, uh, you know, the time here on the cushion and on the preparing for the. You know, they're all very valid and they're useful thoughts in life. And so here in this context, we're noticing we are particularly interesting in the flickering nature of events in order to liberate the mind in a deeper way than solving the problems of life, you know, of uh, our daily lives. So uh, it's not that one is bad, you know, it's just that we know at what level we are. You know. um, and so here I think it's a good thing if you have a good idea that passes by and you notice the desire to cling to it, keep it. And you know, sometimes, you know, it, it is like, uh, it makes sense, it's for the well-being of everybody, but for me, I want to have that discernment saying, actually, now I'm not solving my relationship exactly. Or maybe I am, you know, I might take time to do that. But I'm more noticing, I'm studying uh, thoughts, images, ideas passing by. And uh, so that's the, yeah. So if I understand, just let it go. Yeah, or cling to it and notice the... (laughs) 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 You know? I think, uh, I wonder if it was uh, Fred von Allman. I remember somebody telling a story. It's like, you decide to go to, um, you know, to um, kind of a march for social justice. To say, okay, we're going to go and walk for this thing where there's uh, oppression and abuse. And we're going to, you know, I'm going to give my day today to a few hours to walk with people and... And make a statement. And on the way there, 
in the subway coming out, you meet somebody you haven't seen for a long time. You're like, oh my God, let's go for a coffee and you have, we have to catch up. You know, it's, it's like, we actually want to know what we're doing. <laughs> you know, are we going for the, you know, uh, the well-being of uh, our society or are we catching up with this one? You know, and so it's not that it would be bad to decide to go have a coffee because I haven't seen the person, but it's really good to be aware of what I'm doing here. You know, what is my intention, and keep on track a bit. You know, and there is a technique. You know, Joseph would say, you know, not now, not now, but as a promise to come back, we'll come back to that, and when we'll come back, we'll be so well equipped. You know. For to have these uh, these reflections, will have really gather really amazing, uh, powerful qualities, so that the whatever thoughts we'll have later are going to be outside of the box, you know, or the habitual way of thinking. So um, uh, you're saying that you appreciate the uh, idea of uh, joy and lightness and bringing some air in the in the encounter with uh, the the, the um, being aware of the passing nature of phenomena uh, when we can be really tight or aggravated by things or take them extremely seriously. Yes, it's that. The way I see it is the dance of the four qualities of the heart. Huh? So these uh, passings, we want to see them with stability. You know, that's the equanimity. Or with benevolence. And sometimes with uh, compassion. And other times with joy. You know? So it's that, that's the fluidity of the heart that can have some lightness to it. And, uh, and sometimes things are not joyful. Huh? The passings are... Um, are disturbing pass, passings, you know, and so to care, to care about uh, what's there, but the uh, capacity to recognize that there is something of the world of appearances happening. And, uh, you know, you could think that um, it would be uh, justified that one would be sitting here and thinking, but this is will lead to disconnection, you know. And actually, that's another kind of paradox for me is... Uh, I feel myself much more engaged in life if I can hold it uh, either lightly or um, with um, 
with stability because I find that if I'm um, weighed, weighed, weighed down, I fall into despair, reactivity, so I can't think creatively, I can't be of help to anybody because I'm aggravated by things, you know. And so if I have a certain stability, I can actually look more honestly at what's going on, my responsibility, how I participate. If I think very wide in terms of social justice, you know, and sexism and racism, and, you know, if I flare up in all kinds of ways, I can't actually see clearly and contribute. So it feels to me that this practice is helping me be a better uh, co-citizen, I don't know what's the expression, you know, or, you know, family member. Or So, yeah. So thank you. Thanks. Yes? Is it possible to define joy? Is it possible to define joy? Yeah. I can... Yeah, yeah. So I, I think uh, Jill yesterday was uh, saying something like this. It's possible that you, it's hard for you to recognize. Or, well, so in the teachings, there's uh, many kinds of uh, joy. So see if, uh, as I say this, you can recognize something in your own experience. But we say there's the, there's the joy of, um, of, um, of ethics, of um, non-harming, you know, so, you know, uh, so when we, I don't know, can respect somebody else, consider somebody else, uh, uh, there can be a, a, a goodness that we feel inside, you know, that something's right about what's happening here, you know, uh, and telling the truth, for example, when I could easily lie a little bit to look a little bit better, <laughs> you know, for example, if I feel like I need to, pre- you know, have a certain view of myself presented, and and uh, to actually be honest, there can be some some kind of. A, so the Buddha talks about the the joy of uh, blamelessness. You know, there's the joy of concentration. So here you might have experienced this at some point. Um, um, you know, in the reversing of the ball that I described. There might be a moment where, for a few moments or longer, uh, the mind is protected, secluded from uh, the afflictive emotions. Because I've been putting so much uh, steady uh, attention on the stepping or the breathing or the being here, staying here, at some, some point, there's a, this seclusion is the door closed to wanting something else, being aversive to what is there, having too little energy, or too much energy, or doubting, am I doing this right? Suddenly, you know, there's just the landscape. You know? Or there's just the breathing. And so in there, there could be something of the nature, the quality of contentment. So I'm not scattered, disturbed. It's just like this. And it might even not be perfect conditions. Huh? But it's just like this. And there might be some joy, you know, that is not ecstatic joy. It's not, uh, it's a very, very soft, sweet, I'm trying to remember the words Jill used, you know, um, joy. It's, uh, it's not, ex- yeah, so it's so many uh, kind of qualities. So the joy of concentration, the joy, there's a joy that I call vipassana joy. 
And it's when, uh, when, there, when I'm seeing something, like I just saw my mind clinging, let's say, oh my God, I just got an opinion about this, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm right, you're wrong, you know. Or uh, I want this, and it leads to joy. Instead of le- leading to dis- distress, as usual, instead of like, oh my God, I just saw it clinging. <laughs> that is a big one. Oh my God, I'm so like hooked on that now, like... So, yeah, so exploration for us. So, um, uh, for me, it's felt as really much embodied, but my intelligence is very kinesthetic, you know. And so, for me, it's tingling. It takes many forms. It could be spacious, or it's a falling away of something. It's a falling away of stress, of, of contraction, of, of, uh, and suddenly there's a, you know, like a fridge uh, stops, you know? It's like, ah. Like it's the absence of struggle, you know. It can have that taste. It's very subtle in a way, and maybe unrecognized. So each one of us are experiencing it in our body in our own way. Yeah, exactly, and so it. Sounds good. <laughs> yes, a fullness in the chest, yes. And it's alive, it has the quality of being alive, effervescent. Yeah, exact. And it can easily, in me, for example, I've seen in the past, certainly, it still happened, it, uh, there's a tendency of it becoming exuberance that uh, Jill talked about. So it will leave reality. It will live in its own bubble, you know, like when kids are exuberant, they forget the law of gravity. <laughs> you're like, you're really joyful, but you're standing, you know, on the top of the back of the chair. And so your joy is not a harmonious joy. It's not a tuned in reality, you know. And uh, sometimes you see this, and uh, there's something like this in the culture. You know, I'm happy, it's all good, you know, and I don't want to hear about your trouble, I'm happy right now, you know, and it's exclusive, it's dividing. And so we want in our practice to become aware can this be a joy that is grounded, that allows, that is so fluid that it can become compassion immediately, you know, and often it's not that uh, exactly like this. So there's a lot of. Uh, research to do about uh, joy. And on the path, it's very, very much part of the path. You know, in the gaining of um, uh, ethical behavior, we gain in joy. In the gaining of the calming of the mind, we can gain in joy. In clarity, we gain in joy. Uh, um, You know, in seeing a pattern and not being totally drawn by it, saying, ah, there's this strong tendency towards impatience right now. And, you know, so these are just a few words. We could do a few years of exploration around presence and absence of joy, the arising and the falling away. And so it's not like we have to be joyful. It's the absence of it is as valid. You know, in the in the meditator's mind, we're interested in reality, how it's present. Okay, okay. So a few uh, announcements here. Um, that the internet doesn't need to hear. Thank you for listening. 
To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.